0: Welcome to On Texas Football. It's time for State of the Program, our weekly uh, address by mine and Rod's giving you guys the scoop uh, on what we think is going on behind the scenes and looking at bigger picture uh, issues for the University of Texas. uh, Each and every week brought to you by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. All right, Rod, we got to start with what's going on right now. It's the portal. Uh, This week, what's what's happening? It's not just the portal. It's the NFL draft. It's going, staying. We don't know. Uh, for a lot of guys right now, uh, Steve Sarkeesian getting ready to meet with a number of them that have NFL decisions. Uh, we, we've already known uh, uh, Xavier they already made his decision and announced it publicly, yep. uh, but there are others to come. We're waiting on JT Sanders, Adnai Mitchell, Jonathan Brooks, uh, all expected to make decisions. Jalen Ford could come back, uh, but don't think he's going to. David Benda and Jake Majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, could come back. We believe majors is definitely coming back. We've heard positive uh, news on David Benda at this point, mm-hmm. but here, here's the all toll. Okay. Right now, Texas next year is set to lose six starters on offense and six starters on defense on offense, Xavier worthy Adonai Mitchell, Jordan Whittington, JT Sanders, Jonathan Brooks, and Christian Jones on mm-hmm. defense, Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, Jalen Ford, Ryan Watts, Jaron Thompson, and Jade Barron. Um, look, Texas has a, a big situation in front of them, uh, but I want to start with what we just talked about as far as the going and staying. You've actually dealt with this as a teammate and seen people try to make this decision themselves. What are these guys going through right now, the Adonai Mitchells, the the Xavier worthies uh, you know, JT Sanders, what what are all of them thinking right now?
1: You know, it, it's it's such a different landscape now than it was when I played. Right, they got NIL that they can consider. Right, if, if, if they do come back, it, it, I think in my day it was more desperation, that I'm going because I got to get paid for these reps. Cause there's so few of them, right? You only guaranteed so many reps in your career. The sooner you can get paid from the better. Well, you're not getting paid necessarily through NIO, but you can be compensated for your name. Like, so guys can make some money. They can actually start saving some money and making good money in college. So it makes things a little bit different. Um, and also that, I think they're getting better advice uh than the guys got back in my day. Now they they changed it, now it's when you do put your name into the, uh, I believe they got an evaluation board for the NFL uh, where they would tell you where you're projected potentially to be drafted. And now I believe the only draft grades that come back for you are first, second, and go back to school. And they used to try to give you a more thorough draft grade. They don't actually, nobody actually knows what's going to happen in the draft. The teams don't know what's going to happen in the draft. So, they, you know, those draft grades, I think them giving you a first or a second run grade and back to school, it's a safer. Um, I think option for the players that, Hey man, if you're not going to be drafted in the first round, if teams aren't looking at you in the first two rounds, you need to go back to school. There's a chance for you to increase your draft stock, but also you need to just get your, get your education and focus on that. Uh, and you will also, as a, you can become a, you know, a great player, obviously um, and make it to the NFL later. Now the emphasis is also in the NFL now it's on the second contract. So guys don't leave anyway, because they want to get to the second contract. Cause now the, the rookie wage scale has pretty much capped what you can make as a rookie. So your agent will tell you, or your advisor will tell you, you want to get to that second contract. So that's also something to consider if you are being drafted high enough, you start thinking about the longer money uh, for these guys. And like I said, they're getting better um, advice also from their representative. They don't have agents just yet. That happens when they become professionals, but they do have representatives in the NIL space. Uh, these representatives, I believe, are acting agents (laughs) they just don't act as agents for them for that particular uh nil uh you know those deals and in that in that competitive world but they still have those connections i still think they can give that advice so i think they're better informed about what the nfl thinks of them too
0: yeah i i look at it and and they they have these tough decisions ahead of them um but are they really i mean jt sanders is a great example um, he goes this year. He's probably the second tight end picked, you know, mm-hmm. second or third tight end picked uh, behind Brock Bowers. Is he? Can he really appreciably improve his stock?
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: By staying another year? or oh, I mean, it probably could in the blocking realm, right? We've, we've talked about that. That's not his strong suit. But at the same time, how much higher can he could he possibly go? I think some of these guys, like Ad Mitchell, even uh, Jonathan Brooks, they're you know, they're talking, they they love they like the University of Texas, by the way. Yep. I mean, I think that's one of the pieces. They've all had successful careers, Agreed. they like their team, and that is the struggle they have, right? Because they want to they they like playing at Texas. Who knows if they're gonna like playing for the Carolina Panthers? You know what <laughs> I mean? I mean, because that's right. I mean, that's part of it. Absolutely. I mean, you um, now wherever you go, you'd probably be excited to be playing football still at this, yep. you know, this uh, yeah, you're right career. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to, to knock any NFL team. No, but it's
1: different. It's different. You're right, Bob. It's different. Trust me. It's it's a business, and it's you don't have the circle of friends and the carefree you know feel, and that's not the family feel that you have in college because you're a professional. You're being paid. Right.
0: <laughs> Another guy we didn't even mention, Rod, that uh, has a decision to make, but we think we know what it is. Is Quinn Ewers. A young man out of South Lake, Carroll, uh, finished his second full year at Texas. Uh, I I had been told 90-10 that he was staying, went up to 95-5. And I think after the game (laughs) against Washington, he did not have that transcendent performance that might have pushed him into the first round. Uh, you, You think that's the right move for Quinn Ewers to stay? It felt that way. He was referencing
1: next next season with the Longhorns as if he was gonna be there. Uh CJ Vogel did a great interview with Ryan Wingo at the All-Star Game. And then Ryan Wingo uh mentioned that he can't wait to get there and catch passes from Quinn. And I was like, huh. <laughs>
0: what,
1: what is he just saying that? Or did he talk to Quinn about that? I I wonder, you know, it's interesting. And he, just, and he it was just casual. He just said it. Can't wait to get there and start catching passes from Quinn. It was very casual. And I maybe he just said it. You know, throwing it out there or maybe, hey, Quinn sent him a text like, hey, man, can't wait to work with you. All right. Can't wait to get it started. Whatever. Who knows? Uh, I think Quinn's coming back. And I think uh, Mel Kuyper said it um, probably about six weeks ago. Mel Kuyper, when, when asked when asked about Quinn, he said uh, he believes that he should come back to school. And you've talked about him being there. Be a few things that he needs to work on um, to refine his skill set. Uh, getting through progressions a little bit quicker um, as you work through progressions with better footwork, better mechanics. Uh, hell, we may be talking about his release point on RPOs after the Washington game, right? Uh, you know, it, it, is that too low? So there, there are things he can, that, that certainly Quinn can work on. There, obviously, there, there, Dan Olowski, I heard him mentioning uh subject that you brought up about the uh, the back shoulder fade on the last play and how open it was. And a uh, quarterback, if he'd have thrown it the paid ball uh, in the right spot potentially, could have been a game-winning winning touchdown for Texas. And it was open uh, when I went back and looked at it because the cornerback was playing uh, inside leverage and he was playing uh you know kind of the D he was playing off coverage at inside leverage so he was basically trying to defend anything deep into the end zone and I think honestly looking looking back at it Bobby and you talked about this and uh because you said coach brought it up with you as well um maybe because Texas hadn't put that on film why would you defend it? Yep. Why would you as a cornerback ever as, as a cornerback I don't defend stuff I don't see on film. I don't I don't defend ghosts as Sark says why the hell would I, I don't defend a ghost if you ain't, if you don't run that route, I'm not going to even worry about defending you. If you never ran the 15 yard comeback on film, why the hell would I be worried about it?
0: <laughs> so, I, and, and you know they didn't have Xavier Worthy was injured a little bit. We that seems in, that way. In, in retrospect, I mean, I, I I tried not to make a big deal of it prior to, but he clearly didn't have full juice on uh, on Monday night. Laterally, uh, you saw him do some stuff downfield, but he just couldn't do the comeback stuff. He just he couldn't do it. Um, and that, that's one of those things that, uh, we, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, but, uh, Ewers, certainly, uh, that, that, by, that, pylon throw as Brian Irwin called it, uh, is exactly what was called for there, but you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, uh, I really want to, I want to, I want to take that and, and talk about, you mentioned what he can improve on Quinn Ewers and it's, it's his lower body strength. It's just getting older, right? I mean, a lot of that is, and I think going back to it, it's his red zone play. Um and Steve Sarkisian red, red zone c- play calling. He's got to get, not, not only does Sark have to, to get better at it, but I think part of it is t- Sark was not willing to really put the ball in harm's way with Quinn very much deep in, in, in the red zone. Yeah. Like there was no, to, to your point, there was no pylon call all year. They didn't really test people in the red zone. His RPO throws, a lot of it, uh, over the top stuff, things that were, uh, not necessarily gonna change the the uh, the flow or the rhythm of the game. Texas is gonna get points one way or the other, right? And I think I think Quinn as it, part of his next step in his progression, has to start kind of learning when to rifle it in there on the goal line, right? that's that's the piece yeah. that I'm talking about. Rod, you think All right. Um, yeah. look, we say go and stay. the guys that that are all looking to go or, or stay. Uh, I'm going to ask you the three or the two really that I think are the biggest names right now, because I do believe Adonai Mitchell is likely to go pro. I mean, he was mocked in the CBS uh, mock draft on Wednesday going number 24 overall. If you're a first round pick, you go, you you should probably go. Right. And so so I don't want to, nobody's trying to, you know, convince these guys otherwise. So the two that, that seem to be, the most interesting at this point, at least, are JT Sanders and Jonathan Brooks. Mm. Um, Sanders, like I I just talked about with his uh, situation, and then Jonathan Brooks, the running back who 10 games into the year got tore an ACL. But at that point, uh, some people were saying he's going to be the best running back in the draft. Yeah. Um, What are your thoughts on both of those guys and whether or not uh, if you were advising them, not saying that they're advisors, but if you were advising them, you think you tell them to go or stay or, you know, I mean, I know you want them to play for Texas. Uh, but, you know, if you're if you're true truly advising them, which way do you lean on this?
1: Yeah, that's you know, both of these guys are in positions that don't have really high positional value in the NFL. That's true. Right. Like, there are they're premium positions. They're just drafted higher at that quarterback, right? Quarterback's a premium position. You can be the the, the sixth best quarterback in a draft and still end up being a first rounder or a a second rounder because it's a premium position and teams are always trying to go, trying to get themselves a quarterback. Uh, Left tackle is a premium position, edge rusher, premium position, you know, wide receiver, tight end and running back are not considered premium positions anymore. Well, not anymore. I don't know if they were ever considered premium positions. I take that back. Um, um, and you can go look at the positional value. You want to go look at just kind of a raw estimate. You go look at the franchise tag values. Uh, that's kind of the overall average of the top players paid at that position. And running back is at the bottom. <laughs> running back is down there with kicker and and punter. All right, we talked and, and and I think we've talked at nazium, and most people have about the the devaluation of the running back position. So if you're Jonathan Brooks and you're looking at team saying we may draft one or two running backs in the first round, but they got to be Bijans or Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> they got to be those types of guys. Um, you know, then he's weighing coming off the injury. That's also going to devalue. So the, the, the position is devalued already. And then he's also devalued coming off the injury. And I just wonder, you know, and you're trying to come back off, off an injury is tough too. At one point he was really high on a lot of people's draft boards. Um, that's going to be up to his his representatives try to figure out how high is he on the draft board and then weigh that against the value of the running back positions. Also how many running backs are in the draft because, and how many running backs are they going to take ahead of Jay Brooks right now? Jay Brooks is looking like he may be a late round pick that somebody may take a chance on as a project. What was fortunate for him is that coming off the injury, they've expanded practice squads. Now in the NFL, you can stay on practice squads longer, uh, they're really flexible with that. So you can keep a guy, as you say, developmental project. Like, no, I like this guy. I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to, I can take a flyer on him. We are going to sit him down for a year and a half, two years, let him get healthy. And then we go. And I do believe a team will do that with Jay Brooks. But I think right now, you know, it, it's, is he's not going to get drafted very high just because running backs don't get drafted that high. They're coming off the injury. You know, that's going to take him from the, the, the first two, three rounds down to the middle to the late rounds at best, in my opinion. Uh, JT Sanders is a little bit different. JT Sanders is not a premium position, but he's a premium athlete at at that position, and he doesn't have an injury risk to worry about with Jay Brooks, and I think he is considered, like Jay Brooks, he's considered one of the top two to three guys coming out of his position, or at least he was, and he didn't have the injury to worry about. So I think JT Sanders, I think his decision is easier. Because the only thing they're going to knock him for is he's not a great blocker. The NFL is a passing league. You know what I mean? So they're going to they're gonna value his ability as a pass catcher more than his inability to block. And NFL coaches will say, man, we can teach that in the classroom. He's got things we can't teach our coach. He's got size, speed, hand. He's got things we just cannot teach a coach. We will draft him and we'll teach him how to block the NFL. They're, they're famous for having that kind of um that kind of cocky arrogance about themselves. I don't know. I can teach them that. And I think they can. So I think he'll get drafted still in the second round or wherever the tight ends land. Brock Bowers will be the first tight end. I don't know if he'll get a second tight end drafted in the, in the first round, but I will say, what well, I think that was last year, actually. I think it was last year or two years ago. There, that was a run on tight ends, uh, really high up in the draft, like in the first two rounds. Uh, it is becoming more valued uh, by a lot of these offensive innovators because they understand what a matchup advantage is, and JT Sanders is a matchup advantage. So JT is in a way better position than Jay Brooks. He's gone Jay Brooks, I'm not sure about because I, I think the reality is he's going to get drafted late if he's drafted. Middle middle to late at best.
0: I, I'm i interested in hear what you have here uh, on Jonathan Brooks and, and JT Sanders. We talked about them, but Jalen Ford did not have a great year no, uh, this year compared to last year. But I want to just we talked about the Xavier Worthy injury uh, and, uh, you know, obviously Keelan Robinson was injured. I, w- I want to disclose something now. Y'all know that I mean, I know we, we didn't talk about this ever, but Jalen Ford had a hernia issue ever since the Oklahoma game. Wow. Right. I mean, people don't realize that. I didn't. But uh, and, and the film won't necessarily say that, right? But if the it scouts on their work, they'll find that out and figure out that that this has happened. And one of the reasons why some some of those production issues came off. But mm-hmm. um look, he may have been higher last year than he than he is this year because of that. And that that is a telltale sign of what you're risking at some level. Yeah. Players, right? Great point, yeah. yes. And so I feel like that has to be, should be put out there that there's a reason some of these guys are looking to expedite going pro, because you may not know what's what's next for you the next year. Uh, Brooks, clearly uh, one of those guys, uh, Jalen Ford, certainly, and I don't know exactly if he's gonna need surgery or anything on the, the uh, hernia, but it is something that uh, to watch for. All right, uh, Rod, before we go further, I need to say thank you and want to say thank you to our sponsor, Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. He's been helping injured Texans for decades. He and his firm. Give him a call at 512-280-0800 or visit them at LowyLawFirm.com. If you've been injured in a car wreck, motorcycle crash, a truck wreck, give him a call. 512-280-0800. He and his team give free consultations. Uh, to you and yours, if you're interested. All right, uh, Rod. I had other other things to ask you. I mentioned that six and six guys leaving. Basically, we think at mm. this point, six offensive guys, six defensive guys. Theoretically, that means Texas is going to go into the SEC with five starters on both sides of the ball, returning. Okay. Now let's ta- let's take a little bit of that right now. We know, uh, for example, that Andrew McCuba is essentially a three-year starter from Clemson. Mm. So he counts. Matthew Golden's a two-year starter at Houston. So that's adding some depth and experience, right? They may need to get more in the portal. We know they're going after a defensive lineman, a wide receiver, uh, and and another defensive back, at least, uh, as well as everything. any other major player that comes available, they might look at. But what do you think about that? number five and five going into the SEC does that cut any have you caused you any concern not being the most experienced team going into a big time league like that
1: yeah I mean anytime you're losing so so many key guys on both sides of the ball I think there's a little anxiety just because you know there's talent there but they're unproven commodities for the most part on defense I feel like guys should have more experience because they rotate so many guys. So I feel like on defense, even though you're losing your front line, you're losing you know six front line starters who have been multi year starters for you, they have consistently rotated guys in critical moments. So we're not talking about just uh yeah, late in the game or early in non cons that don't necessarily non conference games that don't matter. No, they're rotating guys in crucial conference games. Right. Uh, at times when the game's on the line in critical moments and the fans don't even like it. They're like, hey, it's the fourth quarter. It's a crucial drive. Why don't we have the starters in? So I feel like defense should they should be cushioned um, by the experience they have from some of the guys that they've been rotating offensively. They're pretty Texas is pretty strict on at least Osarkey is pretty strict on his rotation. And the guys that are playing uh, the skill position on offense. I do feel like offensive line, uh, you know, losing <laughs> Christian Jones, not as big of a deal because guys got some experience when he had injuries this year, and you're so deep on the offensive line. Uh, so I feel like on offense, maybe it's a bigger issue. The passing game will be severely affected, right? You got to figure out weapons and targets in the passing game because you're losing uh, so many targets and so many proven veteran wide receivers who had great chemistry with Quinn Ewers, were you talking about X-Men or J-Wid, JT, but then adding A.D. Mitchell, they had n- great natural chemistry. So that I, right now is my biggest concern is on the offensive side of balls, particularly wide receivers and, and targets in the passing game.
0: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Got it. That that makes total sense. I I think that um, I I feel like um, experience matters so much, Rod. It does. We saw that this year. Uh being going through the ups and downs. Uh the the Byron Murphy's and Tavondre Sweats have been through those ups and downs. They helped make that fourth down stop or that four get four down stop against Kansas State. Uh Mm -hmm. Jade Barron against Houston. Yeah. Uh, You you think back to all of those plays uh that happened over Adonai Mitchell, to catch against uh, that is so many of the key plays and key happenings of the team throughout the year. And a lot of those guys are going to be gone. Xavier Worthy, J.T. Sanders, most likely, we think at this point. Still, I just feel like it's a lot of replacement. Now it's Steve Sarkeesian's job and his, his staff job to not get to get it above that six number coming back. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe they get another wide receiver in the portal that becomes seven. Maybe they get another D.V. in the portal that becomes seven on defense, and all of us or a defensive lineman that started a couple years somewhere. And those numbers start to get up to seven or eight, perhaps. And then all of a sudden, you're not worried about experience as much as you are. Do you have the players that are replacing them up through the pipeline? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what that's why the the whole thing is different now. You know, that's why the whole thing is different, in my opinion. Um, You know, so I don't know. I don't know the answer. Uh, I don't know all of the answer. I know that they've got to push towards that and get some guys going. You know, uh, that's that's my overall opinion uh, because I don't think you want to go into the SEC with just five or six starters on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, because and think about the environments in the SEC, right? You got to go on the road too. Those are those are different environments than the Big Twelve environments, and usually young players. All right, they struggle to be consistent on the road. Uh, road environments are a little bit intimidating. You know, for these young guys, you would think it shouldn't, especially playing at a school like Texas, but it's a it's different environment and uh, different, I would say, fan attitudes. <laughs> uh, and there's a different level of intensity with the fans in the SEC, and that can affect the young player. So you're right about the inexperience as it relates to the experience that helps you, especially in road games.
0: Gotcha. I, I want to ask you about the NFL draft a little bit, too. Who do you think uh, – I was talking to somebody uh, uh, today, earlier today about who they thought the number one pick would be off of this team. Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Adnay Mitchell, Xavier Worthy. Those seem to be the four candidates, um, mm-hmm. even though other guys may have long careers like a Barron and Jalen Ford. But of the four, Murphy, Sweat, uh, Worthy, uh, and uh, Mitchell, who do you think wow. would be the top – pick it who's going to go first for the Longhorns that is good that is good that's a
1: good question I'm gonna have to do a deep dive on that actually um I, I'm a mock I'm a mock slut I'll I'll, I'll look at <laughs> any you know you, you can have an egg as your avatar on Twitter you did a mock draft I'll probably check it out and most of the mock drafts I've seen I'm saying it's AD Mitchell uh now surprisingly that's the first Longhorn taken in a lot of the mocks I've seen. Now these are mocks, so they don't really matter. But it surprisingly it's him. Um, and Xavier Worthy is usually a little bit later. The Devontae Sweat thing is interesting, and like I said, I'll do a deep dive on it. But in a in a quick nutshell, the D tackle position, like Devontae Sweat. And his profile, his physical profile is becoming more and more valuable in the NFL. More of those types of D tackles are being paid big money. Why? Because teams in the NFL, they want to play two high safeties. They want to play with light boxes. The only way you can play with a light box, which is fewer defenders and they have blockers, if you have big humans like Devon J. Sweat, who can take up two blockers and then you flip the numbers advantage. And so those types of guys who can run stuff but also can be uh, pass rushers on pass rushing downs, they can also penetrate, and that's what DeFondre Sweat's proven he can do. Byron Murphy does it really well too. Um, They're actually getting a lot more value in the NFL. You go look at those contracts, and it's because – schematically teams want to play with lighter boxes because they want to defend the deep shots downfield from the really good quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, not the ones that are not injured right now. Um, and that's, uh, that's really what's going to play a role in his value rising, his draft value. Because right now I think he might be the top D tackle on the board, but he's got to be one of the top two D tackles on the board. if He's not the top one.
0: I'll tell you who I'm going to go with and who this person told me that, that they think is, is going to be the first one. Byron Murphy. Hmm. He's the youngest of the group, uh, along with the Xavier. Uh, and uh, his, his issue is, he. you got to remember, he's a talent maximizer and always has been. Mm-hmm. He graduated high school with an associate's degree. he already taken 60 hours of junior college credit through the uh, academic <laughs> program at wow. DeSoto. Uh, he has been a motor that doesn't stop. I, I think that they're going to look at, mix all of that stuff in and say, okay, this is the one guy we know is going to, at the very least, maximize what he's got. Um, there's questions mm. about Worthy's health. You know, Mitchell, you know, he hasn't been healthy but one year right now. Mm. Um, and then you have Tavondre Sweat, who kind of came on late. Is he going to be a one-year wonder? Or is he going to be a guy that carries that same new attitude all the way through, right? Mm-hmm. So. Could be interesting. Could be interesting. All right. Uh, I want to say this uh, before we get going. I want to say thanks again to Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. 512-280-0800 or visit them at LowyLawFirm.com. Again, if you've been injured in a car accident, uh, motorcycle accident, what have you, think you might need representation, give Adam a shout. 512-280-0800. All right. That's going to do it for this week's State of the Program, Rod. I want to talk to you over the weekend. Uh, if possible, and I want to go back and kind of grade the team. I like, like that, like the quarterbacks, the running, like kind of give a real people a real sense for how we think they did in retrospect. Uh, and I'm not talking about you know grading the Washington. I want to I want to talk bigger picture with you if you don't mind. So I love all right, that. that's going to do it uh, for this afternoon's uh, Longhorn. Or excuse me, state of the program. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton, and that's Rod Babers. Thank you very much and hook them. Hook them.